0: A quick note before we begin, while the National Restaurant Association is committed to allowing restaurants to serve people as safely and quickly as possible, no advice can guarantee prevention of COVID-19 or other respiratory illnesses. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Order Up, the National Restaurant Association podcast for the food service community. I'm Helen Jane Hearn, one of your hosts, and this week we're talking to Anissa Mandel, Senior Vice President of Supply Chain at Focus Brands, LLC. She shares her history in the restaurant industry, as well as how she's managing unbelievable changes in today's supply chain. Let's get started. Anissa, would you mind introducing yourself? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having
1: me. I'm very honored to be a part of this podcast. It's my first official podcast,
0: so... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Could you just tell me a little bit about yourself, your history, and how you landed in the supply chain sphere? Sure.
1: Um, well, so I'm not unique. Uh, like many people in this industry, I grew up in it. I started working in a local restaurant when I was 14 years old. And over the next 10 years, I worked in various operations roles and really putting myself through college if through the restaurant industry. It was uh I don't think there's a job in a restaurant that I didn't perform on some level, but I'm really thankful for that experience because drawing on that knowledge allows me a very empathetic perspective because I know firsthand how hard how hard the work is in restaurants. So eventually, I rounded out my operations experience in management, and then I, at that point pivoted over to the corporate side of the restaurant business. And so I got an extensive view of a few other functions uh, of on the the corporate side and then landed in supply chain. So I'm just going to say I've spent 20 plus years. <laughs> I don't really like to say how how many years because it's it's a lot but 20 plus years in supply chain. Um, and I've been so fortunate. I've worked with fine dining, casual dining, and now, you know, fast casual snack and smoothie concepts. So I've worked with some amazing brands and it really gives me a great source of pride to play a small part in in their evolution. And I've certainly learned a lot along the way. Uh, But right now, I am the SVP of supply chain for Focus Brands. And for anyone that's not familiar with Focus Brands, we are comprised of seven phenomenal brands. We own Auntie Anne's, which is the infamous pretzel. Uh, If you haven't had their pretzels, then you haven't lived.
0: (laughs) I love those pretzels. Uh,
1: Cinnabon, uh, which is so decadent, uh, but amazing. Really a unique brand. Uh, we also have Carvel, which is an ice cream. It has the best ice cream in the business and very familiar to people in the New York region and Florida regions of where their density is. And we also, uh, in late 2018, acquired Jamba, formerly formerly Jamba Juice, but we uh, have now changed the concept to Jamba. We own Mo's Southwest Grill. So anybody that's heard, welcome to Moe's, then you've (laughs) obviously enjoyed uh, a burrito there. We have uh, McAllister's Deli, which has some phenomenal sandwiches. And we have another sandwich concept called Schlotzky's. Their density is in the Texas region, very well known there. And it's a great, great concept with they bake their own bread and it's really phenomenal. I'm getting hungry now just thinking about all (laughs) of (laughs) it. Too close to lunch. I'll try not to eat during this, though. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That is a significant amount of brands with with a pretty wide range of of ingredients that go into those brands. What kind of um, like what kind of suppliers are you working with mostly right now, or is it just everybody? Yeah, we we having
1: so many diverse brands. And so unique. We deal with suppliers from all ends of the spectrum. We have—I I would venture over about 500 active suppliers in our system. That's a lot, <laughs> uh, and that's just the suppliers that touch supply chain. So it's—it's it's a lot of—it's a lot of products, a lot of raw materials, a lot of moving parts on any given day but it's a, it's it's never dull and it's always it's challenging but rewarding at the same time
0: so I'm talking to you during a very unusual time in the world's history but also in restaurant history um and we're dealing with the covid pandemic um, How has that affected your work and your day to day
1: well it's no it's no huge secret that i mean it's tough all over this has been really unprecedented for everyone. But for supply chain specifically, it's impacted almost every facet of our supply process from, you know, reduced throughput capacity uh, from a production standpoint at supplier level, raw material availability challenges, freight challenges, distribution challenges. and, And then, you know, to layer over that, just the general labor issues across the country. It's been something that We've learned a lot through this, you know, of how to manage through crisis. And, you know, we've all dealt with crisis over our career, but I don't think anyone has dealt with it on the magnitude of of what we've just, you know, experienced. Along with that, I think sourcing PPE supplies has certainly presented its own difficulties and finding, securing, and maintaining inventory of, of those items was a significant challenge. And you know, general supply couldn't keep up with the demand because all of these things that we used maybe in, you know, components or a small volumes were now, you know, part of our norm. And, and you know, our usage went on up 500% to 1,000% depending on the item. So it's, it definitely was something we had to navigate through. But overall, I think we're all working to find a stability I've been very fortunate to work with a great supplier and distribution network. And I think we've managed very well in spite of the obstacles. But I also have to say that really the the pure dedication of our franchisees to keep the doors open where it was possible, that was a Herculean effort. I mean, if you think about it in a time where it would have been so easy just to shut the doors and retract, We've seen the exact opposite. And I love that scrappiness. You know, it, it's a nod really to the human spirit. And, and it speaks volumes about the dedication it takes to own and run a business because it's not easy. But I think we've done a great job managing through all of this.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of creative solutions for marketing and for, you know, grocery stores and restaurants, different kinds of, you know, efforts like that. Have you seen any particularly creative efforts for supply chain management?
1: Creativity is everything that we've been doing now and kind of pulling out all the stops just to make sure that we're doing everything it takes to keep our restaurants open and and maintain supply we've had to be creative really on a daily basis because there was so much change and managing through our business on a hour to hour basis, especially during the height of COVID, we were dealing with things that no one could prepare for, but having that flexibility and creativity and navigating through that, we, I think we did a phenomenal job really as a team managing through the crisis and, we're fortunate that none of our restaurants had to shut down because of lack of supply. That of course <laughs> is is a good feeling because I I know that there were some concepts that were impacted by that and and we were able to to keep operational and and keep the doors open and keep supply flowing throughout everything. Now granted, we may have had minor issues and periods of time with Some things that were, you know, not available, but for the most part, we were able to keep our core menu intact through it
0: all. Do you have any examples of those creative solutions that you might have seen? Oh, my gosh. There's so many.
1: There really are. I mean, I think what was interesting is as the states were coming back online and allowing businesses to reopen, the different requirements in different regions you know, not just state to state, but also, oh, if you're going to reopen in this county, you have to have this. And so things, again, that we've never sourced before, but all of a sudden we have a region that needs to wear a face mask and a visor. And so, again, you get creative and you start making calls and really just being kind of old school and sourcing and trying to find solutions so that you can make sure that you're Restaurants aren't just operating, but they're operating effectively and making sure that they're adhering to code. That was extremely important
0: and always extremely important for us. I like that example of creativity. How has technology been helping you? Do you have any, like, any systems that you're using? How has that been helping? Yeah, that's a good question.
1: You know, we rely heavily on technology. To keep our organization ahead of the curve and managing our business and striving to keep the cost to serve competitive, it, you have to rely on technology. But I think it's, it's also important that you don't rely solely on technology or data. I think there's always going to be nuances that technology might miss or the data will not explain. So while it's imperative that we have technology and we leverage that effectively effectively, it's also much better when it's coupled with experience and knowledge just to make sure we're making balanced well thought out decisions and i think you have to have a a healthy almost symbiotic relationship with technology in order to compete today i mean the future is you know ai machine learning and if you take a step back you really have to admire the intuitiveness of technology today and we can expect that to constantly change. And that's how we'll change with it. It will manage our business different in the future than we manage it today. I actually had this conversation with my, my son. He's 20, and I, I explained to him that the leaps that I have seen in my lifetime in technology are staggering, but it, it's really a great thing. And I think it means that we're always striving to improve and we're getting bigger, better, faster in how we process information. So I always think of technology as support and it's something that we rely on and sometimes probably too heavily. So when it doesn't work, (laughs) (laughs) as in during this, as we're interviewing, (laughs) it's a little frustrating, but Mm -hmm. you know, overall you, you can't live without it these days.
0: Yeah, well and it seems like those creative solutions were often coming from picking up the phone and using your connections or using your relationships. Absolutely, and I think technology has reached a
1: whole new level during this pandemic, allowing us the opportunity to you know visually connect with our teams. And I've used, you know, Zoom, Microsoft Teams and, uh, you know, every other conference network I can think of more since March than I've used in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. So it really changed the way we do business. And I can't fathom where we would be without it because it, it really helped us stay close and connected and aligned, which you can do verbally, but.
0: Somehow, just that visual connection, it gives it a whole different meaning. It seems like this is very much crystallized things that needed to change, that were forced through to change. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not not taking away from the the pain it's caused a lot of folks in the industry, but it has forced through a lot of change really fast. Yes. Necessity is the mother of invention. (laughs) Exactly. So that kind of speaks to what are you worried about in the future? And what are you hopeful about when it comes to this kind of sourcing and how how COVID has sort of forced these changes?
1: Well, you know, as far as worrying, I don't know that I would use the word worried. I mean, obviously, I guess the unknown, you know, not knowing if when, how this will circle back.
0: To how human will, condition.
1: Yes. I mean, <laughs> exactly. And how it, how it will impact our economy and how it will impact our industry again. So while I'm proud of all of our efforts, and I do believe that our ability to execute a strategy fast enabled us to adapt quicker than most. And that's so important. You have to You can't mire down in the worry and the wonder. You really just have to keep moving forward. And for us, it was most definitely a collective team effort. I mean, from our leadership, our brand teams, and all other disciplines, not just supply chain, really rallying together and to create solutions to problems that we've never encountered but, you know, also managing through it with our external partners, and that was critical to be able to maintain our core supply and service. That gives me a lot of hope, you know, knowing and seeing people band together. And I think from uh, what makes me feel hopeful is just the sheer resiliency that we've all displayed. And when I say all, not just me, not just my company, but just everyone. That's really so, it's overwhelming in a, in a wonderful way that we see that we all, we can get through this and seeing people across the country band together and save our industry. I mean, our industry could have been destroyed, but it wasn't. And that's wonderful that we were able to recover and, and manage through such a unprecedented crisis. And I think really, and all of this, speaking of hope, I think at the end of the day, we'll all be defined by what we did, not what we said. And our actions spoke louder than any words we could utter in dealing with this pandemic. Everybody jumped into action. And to see that that camaraderie and that collaboration is really inspiring.
0: That's great to hear. Uh, we're seeing the same thing on our side we want to let you know the supply chain executive study group has a new name it's now the supply chain expert exchange and it continues to feature highly curated content we share ideas and information through digital events like webinars and gatherings that supply chain expert exchange new name same great group. You had mentioned about those external partnerships. Are there any specific elements that went into maintaining those relationships or keeping that going?
1: Yes. Um, we, especially for some of our key critical suppliers, we implemented sometimes daily, weekly calls during. And I think that keeping that connection and understanding exactly where they were in their process and what they were dealing with, and you know, collaborating with what we were working on, and giving them guidance. That this is what we expect. That was extremely helpful, and, and I think one of the main reasons we were able to keep our supply intact through it all. Uh, we even had suppliers say and distributors say, "You're the first one to reach out," and so that was that was great to hear that because we we literally jumped into action and started saying all right what is critical to our business what keeps our doors open and what do we have to do to make sure that we don't close because of supply but and then our distributors i mean they were certainly hit hard Uh, a lot of them you know not just our distributors just distributors across the country you know they had to let people go the business downturn was so abrupt but then all of a sudden the ramp up was also abrupt so trying to get people back to work and and get back to some type of you know continuity of business it, it's been difficult but i think overall i'm very pleased with how we've managed through it granted you know some bumps and bruises along the way but Nothing that was insurmountable, and I think that this really changes the way that suppliers and distributors think about their business, um, especially distributors I mean, coming out of a world where broadline was so attractive, and you know independent restaurants because the the margins were higher well now all of a sudden, you know the chains are surviving and all of a sudden, we're attractive again, and as we should be. So, our business is important, and not that independent restaurant operators aren't important. They are; they're very important. But in in a time of of you know this tumultuous time, it was really interesting to see how all of the dynamics played out. And I think some of the stronger chains, like like our brands, were able to really thrive, not just survive. Through it all.
0: For your customers, have you had to change a lot of how they've gotten their food? Oh, Can tell me yes. a little bit about
1: that. Absolutely. Uh, I
0: mean, you know, not being able to have dine in,
1: that's something that I don't think any one of us could have expected. But how quickly our brands and our franchisees jumped in and developed a curbside service program or a takeaway. And of course, leveraging relationships with our third-party delivery providers, trying to make sure that we can get our products to anyone that wants them in any way possible. So we didn't care what the platform was. You know, if you wanted to come and pick it up, great, we can offer that. If you don't want to get out of your car, great, we will bring it to you. If you don't want to leave your house, that's awesome. Use one of our third-party delivery providers. So really enabling them to stay alive and stay operational and keep people employed throughout it all and we definitely saw our business shift i think everyone did but it was a way to remain relevant and to be able to be there for your core customer base through it all and we've even seen some of our one of our brands has a drive-through and that ended up being a, a tremendous benefit through this, because people don 't want to get out of their car and they 're comfortable with the drive through format, so
0: that was immensely helpful during this pandemic and it definitely seems like collaboration has been the the thing that has kept you going and helped your businesses thrive
1: absolutely you know collaboration with our internal teams, but then also our external partners and collaborating with our our franchisees on what's next. You know, they really understand the pulse of what's happening. They are on the front line. They know what the customer wants, and we have to listen to that, and we have to be able to answer that. And it's, it's, it's great when you have that many people and so many different facets, but yet they're all working together. If anything positive that has come from all of this is – that we've discovered that we can all work together in new and wonderful ways and really take action and protect our business. And and when I say protect, I mean collectively, you know, everyone involved, everyone had the, the same understanding and the same motivation, which is keep our doors open, keep our customers happy, and serve great quality food.
0: That is no small challenge
1: for what <laughs> No, <you're dealing> with. <laughs> It is not. It is not it's actually a Herculean effort if you think about it, especially, you know, for our franchisees who are who are there doing it and, and interacting with that customer, especially in times where you know people are stressed. Uh they might be really sensitive to all that's going on in the world. So it's it's not easy to keep a customer happy or satisfied, but I think our brands and our our franchisees and and our our teams did a really good job in making sure that we did that.
0: Are there any specific solutions or collaborations that are going to be permanent going forward even after this time?
1: Yeah, I think we have come together in cross-functional team. I mean, we've always had cross-functional teams. That's part of our business, but I think the way we leverage those cross-functional teams has changed, and that is probably going to be part of our ongoing daily management style as we move forward, because it, we've seen the value of having multiple perspectives in all these decision-making processes. It's somewhat of an open planning format, and it's been extremely helpful uh, where somehow, you know, maybe in the past and other companies, the decision got made in a very siloed way. Now it's really a multifaceted approach. And I think here with our company, we've really done a great job with that. And I think we'll continue to see that be a part of our process. And that might be just the
0: norm moving forward. Does that also apply to your external partners or your suppliers that kind of broader collaboration? Absolutely. It's times like this where you,
1: especially those key suppliers that step up and are willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that you are taken care of and it makes you decide in the future of how you look at your supply base. And when a supplier or a distributor can stand up in the time of crisis and really step up to the challenge and help you get through that, you don't forget those things. And it makes you consider all that you're touching and do we need to make some decisions? Do we need more or do we need less in this category? And it absolutely changes of your perspective of how you run your business.
0: Anything that just won't fly anymore?
1: Oh, let's see if I can <laughs> answer that appropriately. <laughs> well, you know, I th- I think and I I can say this not from our perspective, but I have peers in the industry and I know that there have been other companies that have probably not approached their supply relationships in a partnership oriented way and in times of crisis it's really about companies making the decision about who they want to help and who they want to work with and if you manage your business in a very you know derogatory negative and in a unpartner oriented way then you're you're likely going to find yourself without supply so it it obviously Creating these partnerships is the right thing to do, but it's also it's important in the the overall maintenance of your business to have people that you can trust and people that are looking out for your best interests as well as theirs. And I think it also is important that it be mutually beneficial. You know, if, if one person is winning and the other is losing, nobody won. For us having that level of engagement and being that open and transparent about what's happening and this is what we need and having those discussions was integral to our success in managing through this successfully. And I was saying that I know a lot of people uh, and I've worked with people in other companies that probably look at the relationship of the partnership relationship as a one sided. It's not really a partnership. It's it's I want to benefit. I want to win, and I, I don't think that type of of attitude will hold up in today's environment. Nor should it. It it really should be about
0: benefiting mutually from from that relationship. It seems like some of that empathy that you learned in your early restaurant career. <laughs> Has paid off when it comes to managing supply chain issues. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we need
1: the products and the supply and the people in order to serve our guests. So it's paramount. And every day we wake up, our, my team, I wake up and think, you know, what do we need to do? W- where's our priorities? And really just jump in head first and continue and make sure we're maintaining that continuity of supply that's everything if you're in supply chain that's everything we're kind of like the the uh the engine you don't know we're there until you pop the hood but the minute we don't work and, you're, and we don't crank everyone's very aware of what we do
0: that wraps up this week's episode of order up the National Restaurant Association podcast for the food service community. Thank you to our guest, Anissa Mandel, Senior Vice President of Supply Chain at Focus Brands, LLC, for your time today. We update every week on Fridays. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform, like Spotify or iTunes, or visit us at restaurant.org podcasts. This episode, produced by Dante32. If you work in supply chain, you know how fast things change, especially in the times we're in. SupplyChainScene.org is a terrific resource that connects the food service supply chain community with the latest news, best practices, and job opportunities. Visit today at SupplyChainScene.org. While you're there, sign up for Food for Thought, a weekly recap email of everything that's happened the previous week in food service supply chain. It's an easy way to skim relevant supply chain headlines to stay informed. Check it out. I think you'll like it. SupplyChainScene.org. Sign up for the Food for Thought newsletter.